What's going on, film family? Before we get started, I want to talk to you about something, and that's Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Hold on, let me explain. First, it's free. There's creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more places. And you can also make money from your podcast. I know that's the part that's the part that everyone's going to like. You can make money with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Let's get to the show. You are now listening to the Film Frequency Podcast, hosted by your professionally unprofessional film critics, The Film Bros. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Film Frequency. I am one of your hosts, CEO Hayes, and it's been a minute since me and my fellow film brother, uh, the prodigal one, have been together. But guess what? We're back, bitches. What's going on, JB? What's going on, CEO Hayes? What is going on, film family? I mean, shoot, we were just saying it feels like forever since we recorded. But yeah, man, I'm back. The king of thickness. Oh, oh, what a difference uh, a few uh, shit almost a month at this point makes like. Because we've, we, we, and we'll talk about it. We've got all types of news to talk about, all types of films to talk about. Uh, and the, world the world is ending. The world is ending. Like, NY, uh, New York City is about to be on complete shutdown. Let's talk about quarantining, like, the U.S. as a whole. Like, everybody's shutting down for a week. It's getting real out here. But we, as much as, like, this podcasting thing is an escape, and I know a lot of people do look to podcasts as an escape, especially since we're not, like, a political podcast or anything. But I do want to say, um, give prayers and, and well wishes to everyone out there. Stay safe, stay healthy, make sure you're washing your hands, doing all that good stuff that goes without saying. But, you know, prayers out to everyone because while it's easy to forget or get lost in the fact that we're just recording something for fun, there are a lot of people who are at danger here and the risk that are, that's going around. So I do, do want to mention that before we get into the craziness. Absolutely. I mean, it, it is a very dangerous thing and we see it spreading like crazy. Um, so I, I share those sentiments, you know, prayers and thoughts to everyone out there. And uh, hopefully at least in these, you know, 45 minutes, an hour or so, we can kind of relieve that, that that stress and give some sort of entertainment to take away from what's going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's get into it, man. We got we got some news to talk about. The first thing that I want to talk about in the news before we get into any film reviews are all these movies that are either shutting down production, being postponed to released or outright canceled for right now. So we the first one was kind of the first major one was No Time to Die, which I talked about on the episode that I recorded solo. Um, then we also got a quiet place too, which I think the news for that came down like a week after that Disney has halted production. I mean, halted the release of Mulan, the new mutants and a film called antlers that was scheduled to come out April 17th, which I had never yes. heard about fast, fast and furious nine got pushed back. Um, it's it's crazy and then on the flip side of that to also mention it disney has released uh frozen and star wars months ahead of time because they know people are going to be on lockdown and in the house which is you know it's good for them to go ahead and, and release those movies at least digitally what do you think about all these movies and everything being canceled and, and pushed back yeah i mean not like you said not only is it we're getting releases delayed, but we're also going to get production delayed as well because no one, I mean, we're, we're going to talk about um, one of the new top, news topics a little bit, uh, Tom Hanks, but you can't really, they can't really shoot any 
in movies right now because you run the risk of, of contracting the virus. So it's so crazy. I don't think I've ever, at least in my lifetime, remember something this significant halting releases um, to such a wide standard and, and halting production. So it's just it's crazy, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, Little Mermaid live action was halted. A Peter Pan reboot, Home Alone has been uh, halted as well. Saying Chi, which is a another Marvel movie, has been pushed back. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I know there's been some other things that were pushed back, um, were halted production as well. And you know, you have to think, especially like with the Tom Hanks news that we'll talk about a little bit later. But when you think about like these actors and the fact that like people from that work on movies come from all over the world to work on a movie and they and they sure. schedule in on one position, and because of that, they have to be at a high risk. You know, usually. You know, we we typically things like this celebrities are kind of seen as, you know, they they have the best health. They have the best doctors. They we usually don't get a lot of things like the SARS outbreak and stuff. It doesn't affect celebrities. This is something that it can affect everyone. And, and you just kind of seeing that by the way Hollywood's responding to it. Absolutely. And as of the time of this recording, I don't know if you heard the news because I know you're in Columbus. But um, as of today, of the, the date of this recording, the mayor of Miami is actually tested positive for a oh, coronavirus. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, so it's not just affecting normal people like you and I. I mean, it's affecting like no everyone's at risk at this point. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then to, to the, on the flip side of that, you know, we mentioned the films. Another side of the thing that we don't we don't think about is the the cinema, the actual theaters, which AMC has said their reaction to this is they're going to be selling I think they're only going to do up to a third of the capacity of each screen uh, to kind of cut down on a lot of people being grouped together but to add to that as well if the theaters aren't making money they're going to be employees who work for those theaters who they're probably going to be cutting back on staffing which is going to affect the money this thing this coronavirus thing is like really I, I can't wait to see and I was actually talking earlier where I said I can't wait to see like the long-lasting economics uh effect well, of this go ahead yeah not, sorry um here's the thing I, and we're not trying to get political and all that but it's something we have to address now i i've been on social media and there's so many people like oh man i hope all the schools shut down oh man i hope i hope i have i hope my, my job gets shut down for the next month that's cool and all but realize that's where your income comes from your exactly. job realize if these schools shut down there are teachers there are faculty staff that are losing their job not, not necessarily losing their jobs but they're losing pay mm. now i know there's certain there's certain um employers that are actually paying people uh if they have to stay home but there's a large majority that are not so there's like you know the cruise lines all the cruise lines are pretty much shut off we're talking hundreds of thousands of employees across the board that are, are jobless at this point yeah yeah so it's a you know it's a huge economic hit and you're right i would love to see 30 days from now what the economic fallout is we already see on in the stock market it's just plummeting up bitcoins the other day was like surge like low like huge lows so it's it's impacting the economy right now yeah and uh not not to mention you know i know we're a film and tv entertainment podcast but sports this is the first time where sports is shit like every single sport has been affected golf shut down the masters the nba has suspended its season completely nfl it's expected to postpone it a little bit. NHL's gone. MLB's is suspended, suspended. Spring, spring training. Like everything is like, and that's billions of dollars. When you think about how many NBA games already, I think I saw something that just in the, in the four or five days since the announcement came down, 
it's been over 20, 25 games that have been canceled because of that. And Matt, when you think about all the revenue that those games do to the concessions and uh, the people who make money off of it, the broadcast, like the, how, how many how many TV channels are now losing money because they're not broadcasting that? That's hundreds of viewers a night. I mean, hundreds of millions of viewers, I should sure. say, a night that just are just gone now. Right. And the only thing that I know, uh, um, you're right on every aspect. The only thing that I'm aware of that is still keeping up to date mm-hmm. is UFC. As a matter of fact, I believe they had a show tonight. Yeah. Uh, um, it was a fight night in Brazil. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, I think it was in an empty arena. Yeah, it was. Which and- for, for wrestling fans, last night was SmackDown. I don't really watch wrestling anymore, but I know they were in an empty arena. And for anyone that watches wrestling, I mean, you had Triple H the freaking COO on the camera as a cameraman That's at crazy. certain points. And so WrestleMania is, is they, they said that it may be canceled. Um, so um, WrestleMania is in my, is in my um, state this year. Um, it's a, like a, you know, three hour drive from where I live. And uh, the last I heard is it's currently on, but it's going to be a 99.9% chance it gets canceled because the, anything that has more than a hundred people and WrestleMania is going to have about 75 to 80,000 thousand in the next upcoming weeks anything that has 100 people has already been canceled so i think within the next week we're going to hear some more that it's getting canceled or not canceled but maybe suspended um so yeah man it's crazy this whole coronavirus thing is freaking crazy yeah it's it's wild man but uh so i mean what do you think about amc's response and you know as of right Right now, I actually searched right before we started recording just to make sure AMC is the only one that's at least announced that that's their plan to go back. But you would think more more theater chains are going to be doing. Cinemark's probably going to do it. You would have to think at some point. I think they're the next largest one, at least if I'm not think if I'm if I'm not missing one. But because of the 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 limiting that a lot of states have done on how many people can be together all at once, you would have to think that a lot of change are going to be following this. Yeah, I think so. But I think a way they could combat it is um, it's not really going to matter because no matter what, the numbers are going to go down mm-hmm. no matter what, because not, a lot of people are not going out, but what they could do to combat is, is maybe have more showings or maybe cut, you know, normally you go to a movie, there's like eight different movies showing, yeah. you know, you maybe cut that down to the top five, you know, the big, the big quote unquote blockbusters and show them in more, in more, um, uh, Screenings and more different. Um, you, what's the word I'm looking for? Showings. Um, yeah. sh- right, more showings in more different areas. Um, other than that, I mean, they're doing the right thing because at this point, what are you going to do? You can't, you know, you have to take some sort of precaution. Yeah, and I think also when you look at it, um, with all these movies being cut down, right? That they're going to have to probably show a movie and more of the screens than they were originally planning just to yes. just to just to keep the showings going. So th- it, they're, they're probably going to make it up for the movies that do still decide to come out. Uh, you know, a movie like Black Widow, which hasn't delayed it surprisingly. And, you know, really? People, yeah, they, they, I know it hasn't delayed it, but Marvel's you know, like, fuck you. We're going to make our money no matter well, what. The thing is, too, is that, you know, if everything else around it is canceling, you know, people are saying, well, is it going to do the numbers that is, that is supposed to, if it's the only thing out, I don't care if they, if they like, it's going to take over more screens now. So they're still going to make its money. So, yeah, I think it's going to make its money, but regardless of what film comes out, even something like fast and fears that has a gigantic following mm-hmm. were that to come out, there's, I can guarantee if it wasn't for this virus, it would have a bigger yeah. uh, in, in, in any movie, because there's so many people that are just t- terrified to leave their house at this moment. Yeah. Yeah, true, true. This would be the the time I would like to see people 
or these companies do stuff video on demand. Like, yeah, I know it sucks. I know it's going to cut their bottom dollar, but it's better to have people be safe and just say, you know what? We're just going to release it on VOD day release. Yeah, I mean, companies like Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, Disney Plus, they should should capitalize on this because there's going to be a lot of people home now. Um, YouTube, um, you know, these people, these are the industries that need to capitalize because there's going to be people home now and they still want their fix of entertainment. They're just going to have to get it in the home. And that's where these streaming services come in handy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, moving into our next news topic, we kind of already talked about it and touched on it. So Tom Hanks and his wife. We're confirmed to have coronavirus. Uh, I think they were the first. We've had some NBA players that have since been found to have it. And like you said, the mayor, uh, some some more prominent people have been it. But Tom Hanks was kind of the first one, at least in my recollection. And it was just like, oh, wow. Tom Hanks, one of the nicest people is seemingly in Hollywood ever um, to get it. It's just like, wow, man. I know, man, when I heard this, this absolutely crushed me. Not only that, but it kind of makes it more real now that you it's someone that's like you said, so prominent mm-hmm. that has it. And Tom, uh, it couldn't have happened to a worse person. Um, I mean, Tom Hanks is so such a genuine person. I've said it a million times on this podcast. He's my all time favorite and he'll always be my all time favorite. And the fact that he has it and his wife. Like Rita Wilson, it sucks. I mean, they were shooting. I don't remember which movie they were shooting, but it was in Australia. Mm-hmm. And one of the you know the crew members unfortunately had it and contracted it. You know they contracted it. So really sad situation. The good thing is he has like a bajillion dollars, so he's gonna get the best care, and you know he's gonna get the medicine and all that, and hopefully you know he pulls through. Yeah, and I mean the, this virus is is biggest uh, at risk for people who have. Um, some type of condition already, and I know he has uh, diabetes type two, I believe. I think so. I believe um, so. So I mean, it's not a respiratory thing, so I mean, it may not affect uh, the coronavirus that much there. But uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, keep him in your prayers. You know, luckily um, for uh, uh, somebody of his stature to be isolated means he's still living very well and very comfortable. Exactly. He, both of his sons have come out and said that they're not that sick. They just have the they have the the virus strain. So hopefully it stays that way and, and it passes and everything is is all fine there. Yeah man, it's crazy. It's it's just crazy he's going around. Yeah, I heard uh I think it was yesterday Donald Trump himself got, got tested. tested. Yeah. 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 But uh that that's it with that um South. One thing that we didn't mention getting canceled, I just kind of want to mention it just to get your thoughts on it. South by Southwest also got canceled, which is a, a time where Huge a lot event. of a lot of movies, a lot of like little the smaller movies get picked up uh, by airing at South by Southwest. So what do you think about that being canceled? You think they're going to be able to reschedule something like that? It takes so long to put that on and to plan that. I really think like if it doesn't happen, it's just not going to happen this year. Unfortunately, what that means for directors could be huge. So a long time ago, um, I can't even tell you what year it was. I, I was in my early 20s. Um, a, a company I worked for at the time was doing something with with um, South by Southwest. And the production that goes into this shit is ridiculous. There's no way they're going to be able to reschedule this. It's just too much that goes into it. What sucks is a lot of independent films usually get released during this time mm-hmm. so it sucks and these are you know these are a lot of small time guys that they look for these type of events and film festivals to, to spotlight what they have and unfortunately it's going to be you know it's going to be canceled i don't see it getting rescheduled at all it's too much yeah no and it, it, like i said it just sucks because there are a lot of independent films that eventually get picked up by like a blumhouse or a paramount sure. um 
and stuff like that. So it, it sucks for those people. But I believe the cream always rises to the top. Why they might not have this platform to jump off of. Anyone who was going to release a movie that was going to be amazing at South by Southwest, we're still going to eventually see it. Um, it just sucks that they, that they don't have that. And the people who bought their tickets, you know, I don't I don't know how that's going. So, um, yeah, you know. You just said something, and, and I'm curious. I don't understand. How come? Why is some rich freaking guy who's a huge movie fan create some sort of streaming platform that literally has all you do is have independent films? You know, there's a channel called the IFC. Um, I don't. I forgot what the hell it stands for, but basically that channel, all you see all day is like independent films. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why there's not a streaming service like that where when these movies come out if they don't get picked up picked up to go out be released wide or even limited in a theatrical standpoint that they can be released through the streaming process i'm so shocked that they don't have something like that i mean well they have it for like a lot of those shutter definitely is one right, for, for horror but shutter is more right exactly for horror um and you know, ifc does just pick up some uh uh what's a24 as well Oh, they uh, have a streaming service? Oh no, you're. I see. I'm, I'm, I went to studios. My bad. Oh um, no, no. Yeah, I yeah. You're streaming, streaming, streaming service. Yeah, there isn't right. one. Um, and that's because you know most of the ones that would that would be like huge do get picked up by bigger uh, companies. But I would love to see a streaming service built around just independent cinema. That would actually sure. be great. And you know, it could be something that other movies are still picked up later on for for distribution. So maybe you, maybe you just need to make it, JB. Maybe that's <laughs> maybe you just need to create it. I think what the fear is, is are they going to have a market for it? Because hardcore film people like us, sure, we might be a, we might be a customer. But for your casual fan, they're not going to give two shits about independent films. True. But the thing is, is that a lot of us, there are, uh, there's a huge market of fans of independent film. Um, and you would never know because like a lot of them can't travel to these. I've never been to a festival, but I try to catch an independent film wherever I can or if I hear of one. Um, so you, 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 you may create a new base for that by creating this streaming true. service. So, um, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely something that can be looked into. Uh, somebody needs to get on that. Somebody with money. I wish we had money because <laughs> we would, we would get on that tonight. Uh, but I know, right. The last thing we have before we get into our traditional reviews. Now I did do a review solo of the invisible man. Um, me and you have talked about it off air after you listened to the, to the review and, it's it's my number one of 2020 so far, but I want to go ahead and give give you an opportunity to give your feelings on it um, before we get into the the main topics. Yeah, just straight out the gate, number one film of 2020 for me thus far. Um, first of all, I don't think this is at least in my opinion. I know this is this is categorized as a horror it's film. Not. Yeah, it, it, it is though. It is categorized. No, as a no, no. I'm film. saying it's not a oh. horror. No, no. I agree. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I look at it as a psychological thriller. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Yes, there are jump scares, but just because the movie has jump scares doesn't mean it's a freaking horror. Exactly. So the elements more are like a psycho thriller to me. So, um, but leaving that fact out, it's a terrific movie. Elizabeth Moss, who I'm a huge fan of, Mad Men. For those who haven't seen it, it's an amazing um TV series. She that's where she got her start, um, from the movie. Uh, excuse me, the show Mad Men. But she was great in this movie. The 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 concept of it. I was, I was a little bit worried that it's going to be cheesy and stupid. I remember a Hollow Man from years ago. I know you're you you know you liked Hollow Man. I didn't really like Hollow Man too much, but they did a really good job yeah. um, in this movie. The jump scares were solid. The score was solid. Um, the directing was amazing. Um, you know everything about this movie was great. Easily, easily. I think Lee Wanell and Jason Blum are like a pairing made in heaven. Like just just to be just, if you if 
if Lay Whannell is passionate about something and Blumhouse gives him the platform to kind of just all right do what you, do what you're gonna do, I I can see great things coming from from him working with Blumhouse. Yeah, and I feel like when you get those right connections, you get stuff like this mm-hmm. because. Yes, Blum, Blumhouse is great, right? But the thing is, there's so many ups and downs. We talked about Fantasy Island. What a shit show that was. And then the follow up with this. Like, crazy. Right? But then, let's take one step further. Now, we're going to be reviewing The Hunt today. Yeah. And I don't... We haven't talked to, talked about each other's thoughts about that, but it's like a roller coaster with Blumhouse. But um, at the end of the day, you called it, we called it. Blumhouse is just going to be putting out content left and right, and at the end of the day, they're going to make a profit, yeah. regardless of how much that profit is. I don't think they give a damn because it's going to be a profit either way. Yeah, 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 oh yeah. And and they they've really built a situation, Blumhouse, and you know, let's let me not say they, Jason Blum, because he's a producer on most of these and he puts up the money for them, but they have created a system to where they can turn out three, five, six movies a year and all of them be profitable. They've had The Hunt, Fantasy Island, and one Invisible more. Man. So far Invisible this year. Man. And they have three more if I'm yeah, not mistaken. They still got Halloween. The Halloween right? sequel coming out. Um they have another one too. There's two more coming out. Um, I don't I don't remember. I'll look that up real quick. But um, yeah, I mean, they're churning shit out left and right. I mean, I'd love to know from a studio standpoint, are they who's the leader in that when it comes from a year to year in terms of releasing movies? Marvel. As far as profit, Marvel. No, no. In, in terms of uh, uh, quantity. Oh, it, it has to be them. I would think. Uh, yeah, I can't think of any other. Unless we're talking about like straight to video, I mean, even then, because we're just talking about theatrical releases. That's not even right. considering the they have Blumhouse TV, which they have the series on Hulu, and then they release like at least two movies on Netflix every year. Yeah, they're, so they're they're turning on a lot of damn content. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, but and, and it's already been announced that they may do more with the Universal uh, monsters in, in that universe. I'm not saying necessarily that they're building a universe that is all going to be connected, but I think that I read something that they're going to be doing something with Frankenstein next. Oh yeah, I think. Wait, was it Frankenstein? I think I did read something like that. Yeah. Um, and I, I just I, I actually happened to pull out the list. So for the rest of 2020, they have Halloween Kills, which you were talking about. Um, I didn't even know this, but apparently in July they're coming out with another Purge movie. Okay. Which I didn't, I didn't know that, and something called Run Sweetheart Run. I don't really know what that is, um, but that's coming out. Uh, that's actually the next Blumhouse coming out. Um, that should be coming out in May. But with all this shit going, on, I don't know if it'll get, um, if it'll get uh, thrown back. But yeah, six films this year. There you go. Um, yeah, and, and it, Invisible Man, I believe, broke the hundred million mark already. Yeah, right? and that's the next thing that we're going to talk about. So it, it passed a hundred million dollars, which is already great for a horror movie. Horror movies that pass a hundred million dollars. It it was it's more common now, but that used to be like the mark. If you're a, a horror movie and you pass a hundred million, we knew that you were going to be profitable. It's even more so with a studio like Blumhouse, which the movie was only made for seven million dollars, and you crossed a hundred yeah, million crazy. in two weeks. It still has a long life ahead. I don't even know if it's released in every country so far. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it hasn't. But in two weeks to make a hundred million dollars off a seven million dollar budget. Man, come on. Yeah, that's serious shit. And again, I think it has a lot to do with the concept and it has a lot to do with just the word spreading that this is, you know, it was a good film. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, quality, the quality of that movie speaks for itself. Um, and it also, you know, it looks like there's a they're making another paranormal activity movie, which. Yes, I saw that. 2021, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, yeah. 
man yeah yeah we'll see we'll see we'll keep yeah they're, they're churning shit out yeah for sure well that's it for the news section jb are you ready to get into some actual uh reviews absolutely let's do this right, man it's been a while <laughs> so uh first one we got that we're going to be discussing uh is is i i think both of these that we're discussing are on your top 10 so far right this year yeah actually both of them are yeah both that's of them are my top 10 what's going on with you what's new not much I hate the idea of you down there by yourself all the time. Just drinking. I'm fine. I appreciate it. But it's, I'm fine. Ever since I heard the howling wind. And I suppose you're wondering why I called you over here. I didn't need to go where a Bible went. Our basketball coach had a heart attack the other night. We need a new coach, Jack. And you know your gifts seem heaven sent. Is the team any good? No. The last time they made the playoffs, back when you were playing. Let's go, line up. You're Marcus, right? That's right. How many threes did Marcus make last year? A percentage of 26. Want to know why they're leaving you open? It's because they don't think you could hit the ocean from the beach. (laughs) Yo, he just spit facts at your ass, bro. (laughs) I don't know how you house the sin. So how you liking coaching so far? Great. Let's get used to the players. What players? I was never sure how much of you I could let in. I heard you're coaching basketball. Yeah. Keeps me busy. Keeps my mind off other things, you know. Once you settle down, baby, you love your spin. I spent a lot of time hurting myself. Heavenly Father. I made a lot of bad decisions. Don't carry other names. I had a lot of regrets. online i want you taking that shot why is that so hard for you to believe what that you're the best player on the team i know you're suffering i just want you to be happy so what, what do you what, we'll get into the way back first what what's what are your thoughts on that film so for some reason i have a feeling that you and i are going to differ on this movie um i actually enjoyed this movie as a matter of fact I'll even go as far as to say this is not the best Ben Affleck movie because mm-hmm. I feel like the best Ben Affleck movie was Armageddon. Even Goodwill Hunting was better than this. However, I feel like this this is best performance as an individual. At Armageddon, uh, you know he was he's a rookie and all these other movies. He, uh, um, Goodwill Hunting it was more of the focus was on Matt Damon. Accountant he was pretty good in, but I feel like this is the best role he's ever been. His best performance. I'll even go another step. And I'm going to predict right now that he gets an Oscar nomination for this for this role. Ooh. And if it if it wasn't if this movie wasn't re- released in in Oscar season, which is or award season, which is typically like October to December, I would be I would guarantee that he's going to get an Oscar nomination. So, so you think this role was better than Daredevil? How dare you? No, I'm just, I'm just I was about to be like, what? <laughs> but seriously, you, so you 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 give you put his performance in this over the town in Argo. I haven't seen that actually. Okay. So, so okay. maybe, yeah, I, I honestly, I'm, I, I, again, this is another thing. I'm not a big fan of Ben Affleck. Okay. N- I, outside of those couple movies I just mentioned, um, you know, Goodwill Hunting, Armageddon, and uh, which in all those movies, he's not even the lead role. Yeah. The only lead role movie of Ben Affleck I've seen that I've enjoyed was The Accountant. And now this. So you haven't seen The Town? I have not seen The Town okay. or Argo. So I have, I have to, you said Fargo or Argo? Argo, Argo. I have to check that out. I'm gonna I'm gonna write that down and check that out. Definitely, definitely check out the town. I think that for me, the town is my favorite performance of him. 
Um, okay. Argo was cool. Uh, I, I I enjoyed it, but I don't think his even though I think he won an award for that. I don't think his performance in it was as, as good as the town uh, for me personally. So I'll, I'll be interested to see how you felt about those two movies. Um, my thoughts on it. I enjoyed it. Like so, I, I I don't hate it at all. My thing with with this is is that his performance elevated it because I think if if the, if it wasn't for him being in this main role, it would have it 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 would have been your normal sports movie. Like we we like the story differed, and I liked what they did differently. And I'm sure we'll talk about what they did differently with the story because you know, everyone loves the underdog story. But if this this was like remember the titans or like a a, a mad ball or a, like the baseball movie with keanu reeves like it was it was good and i won't take anything away from it but i feel like we get one of these every couple of years but the thing that did make it special was ben affleck and it wasn't for that it people would have forgot it and i think also if it didn't have the cachet behind it of being i think this is the first movie from lebron studio Really? Yeah, this was. I think this is the first one. I know this is didn't from LeBron Studio for a fact. I just don't know if they've released something smaller that maybe I didn't see. But this was the main, the first major release from LeBron James's film studio. And I think it, when you combine those two things, that's why it, people kind of have have. I think that's that's why people flock to it a little bit more. But you know, Ben Affleck's performance you can't take away from at all in this. I think like there's not that many people would have been able to give that much depth to it. And then, really, in most sports stories that we see, the coach we don't really get a lot of it. It it, the, it becomes more about the story of the players and deepening those characters. I think like what what hurt this film for me is that they didn't really develop some of the players more and i think that we were so focused on ben affleck's character that i wanted to see more of the players and maybe that's that's why we have the difference of opinion on the movie so here's the thing though i think that's the reason why i like the movie because i'm a huge fan of this type of genre of film where um these sports things and we've seen them a million times um like you said remember the titans even freaking uh, a little bit more of a smaller so i don't know if you've ever seen sunset park um, oh yeah for sure. and it's usually Usually it's always the coach uh, uplifting the players and you get the player stories and, you know, they come from these hard lives and they're underdogs and they suck and then they get better and they go on, you know, all leads up to this big game at the end. But this film, which this film has that, but it's not only the coach uplifting the players, but it's also the players uplifting the coach. So I I like that aspect of it. I do agree they could have did a little bit more with the um, with the players and give us a little bit more backstory. Um, but I understand where they're going with this. And also, this is a really personal subject for Ben Affleck. I mean, he struggled a lot with alcohol. He was in rehab and, and back and forth in rehab and everything. Yeah. So this was a this hit close. I I, he, I saw an interview with him. Um, I don't remember where the interview was from, but he said like this hit home to him because he went through this so and you could kind of see that in the performance um and that kid i forgot the dude's name the point guard that he made the captain mm-hmm. that guy is somebody to watch i feel like his performance was good i've never seen him in anything but i enjoyed him um he didn't have that much speaking roles because you know that's his character his character was kind of shy and like sort of an introvert and didn't speak up until towards the end because ben affleck uh you know coached him up to that but mm-hmm. his performance was great but yeah, overall, I love you know I love the movie. It was it was a good movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I didn't hate it at all. I just I I feel like it was kind of straightforward. It was just one performance that made it that elevated. And, and to 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 you know play devil's advocate against my own point, that's what makes move. That is what makes a lot of movies takes them to the next level. Is one performance can take a movie from something that would have just been passable to something amazing. And you know, 
he did that and he's the he's the type of actor they can and you know everything that you mentioned with it being a personal story and something that he's dealt with himself explains why this role he did so amazing at this role yeah and in addition to that just based on the bullshit we've gotten in 2020 so far it, it magnifies even more because when you have a lot of crap and then you say am i good is that more uh enhanced because it, it, look what it's up against look at what's what garbage we've had in 2020 so far exactly Exactly. And one of the things with the movies, and it's uh, full spoiler, just warning, we, we kind of go in and out of it. Um, I just want to really talk about the ending of the movie. And that's what I think separates it is the fact that in most of these stories, we get the underdog that eventually wins and wins the championship and all of that. We didn't get that with this movie. They actually lost. They lost the game to make the playoffs. They came back um, and had that revenge game against Memorial, I think was the name of the team that they I think so in his last game. But stepping away and i love that they did this they stepped away from basketball to tell to kind of finally finish the story uh jack who has been affleck's character gets so upset at it he starts drinking again and we like the the ending of, of him like going into the wrong house getting into a fight him getting fired xyz and ultimately like it it he had to come back to basketball to kind of find himself and i love that aspect so i love that they did something different with it other than us just seeing them win the championship at the end of the game yeah i, I wholeheartedly agree um while basketball was a, a a aspect of this movie it wasn't the primary aspect which i i loved um so yes it was a sports movie but I, I think it's a tale of two two movies. You have the sports, but then you have this guy's whole personal journey as well. And I love the fact that at the towards the end of the movie, when he's like, "Listen, just give me a chance." Like after he, you know, they were going to the championship or the, the final game, he called the assistant coach and he's like, "Listen, I need to talk to you." I was like, "A hundred percent, he's going to show up to the game." You know, that's how the movie goes. They're going to win the game. He shows up, but he did not show up to the game, and and that was actually refreshing to see because they didn't go down the normal path that you get from these sports movies. They lost. How often do you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. And I, wait I mean, a minute, wait a minute. Did it? Did it? Did they lose? The final game against Memorial? No, I don't think they lost that one. They won that one. They lost. They lost. Yeah. They lost the game to get into the playoffs. They had to win one more game to get into the playoffs, and then they had their last game of the season. Which right? Yeah. And I have to stand to be corrected. So why are you talking? I actually searched it. Bronze Studios has actually been releasing movies since 2010. Anything that we know of? Bigger. So, uh, the, so um. Like wide release. Tully, which was uh starring Charlie Theron, was a Bronze movie. Um, Sounds familiar. Yeah, that was a, a a wide release. A simple favor, which actually uh, had uh, Anna Kendrick in it and Blake Lively. Okay. That was a Bron release as well. I actually enjoyed that movie. I, and Assassination Nation, which came out in 2018, was a Bron release as well. Bombshell was a Bron Studios release. What? Yeah, he loves he loves him some Charlize Theron and some white woman apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean. Bron Studios apparently has been releasing prominent movies, so I stand corrected. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. But he definitely did this one as well. Yeah, he definitely did this one as well. Um, and I believe the uh Adams family and uh The Animated? Yeah, the animated was was a bronze studio release as well. So that's crazy. I mean, hey, hats off to LeBron. He's doing his thing. You know, he's really been Part of him going to the Lakers was because he was he saw himself yes. in Hollywood more. So uh, hats off to that man there. Anything left on this film before we move into our next one, Mister JB? No, no. Um, I guess just we can go into the ratings. Um, yeah, like I said, I I totally enjoyed it. Um, out of five stars, we like to do five stars. I like to do five stars. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give this one a three and a half out of five stars. 
I'm gonna give it a three. Yeah, solid. Fair enough. One of those movies that I think I, I'll definitely watch again. Like I'm just sitting around the house or whatever on Netflix, pops up on Netflix, I'll definitely watch it again. So yeah, solid three for me. Awesome. All right, let's get into this. Oh, next before one. we actually before we, we move forward, one last question: What are your thoughts on on my prediction that he gets an Oscar nomination? Do you see it? Or am I way the hell off? I think especially because a lot of these films are probably going to come out after Oscar season. Right. Uh, that he definitely will. I, I, as of right now, I can't see anything that would knock it out of consideration for him. Gotcha. So, yeah, I mean, if it was if Oscars was tomorrow, hands down, he's got a nomination. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, yeah. So there you go on that one. Um, the next movie that we have. that article every year these liberal elites kidnap a bunch of normal folks like us and hunt us for sport the last i heard free speech still exists don't first amendment me it wasn't real we were joking there's been a killing spree you gotta come here right now you actually believed we were hunting human beings for sport. <laughs> but you are. We have an opportunity here to teach these people. These are not real people. They're actors. I'm playing an Arab refugee, but I identify as white. I think that's problematic too, in some way. You wanted it to be real, so you decided it was. kind of sick people would even think of something like that? White people. We're the worst. It's one that actually just came out. Um, and it was kind of, because originally, I think it was slated to come out in September. They all of a sudden switched the release date. I don't know how how far ahead people knew that because it, it caught me off guard. I swear it felt like I woke up one day and they're like, oh, this, by the way, this is coming out uh, this weekend. But The Hunt, which has, has gotten people all up in arms about it. So it actually was, I think, originally supposed to come out like a like a year or two ago. So see September last year, I believe. And so it got pushed off, uh, pushed off into March this year. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I actually start this one off. The thing that I like the most, well, not the most, but the thing that I really liked about this movie is we start off with Emma Roberts, right? She's kind of, once we get into the plot, she's the first, like one of the first people spoiler. we see. Spoiler And yeah, spoiler alert. And so within the the five minutes after we get kick into like the, the theme of this movie, she randomly gets shot. And I love it when they subvert like the, the biggest star in a movie and have them just die very early on. I, I really did like that. So I watched this movie with my wife, right? And um, we saw this this movie, this trailer has been like, I don't know how much money they spent on freaking marketing because I feel like it's every other trailer on YouTube, it was this movie leading up to this. So we've seen the trailer like a thousand times. And I'm t- as we're watching this, I'm telling my wife like, oh, that's Emma Roberts. She was in... um. I want to say she was in We Were the Millers, and she's in a lot of different shit. I, I'm a fan of hers, and I'm like, she's gonna be the lead character, and um, she's probably gonna be the one to bring down whoever's doing this at the end. 
and as I'm talking, you just see her brains freaking splatter as she gets shot in the head. And I'm like, well, is she dead? Like, what? And then my wife is like, oh, you know what? Maybe they're telling the story and they're going to go back and do like a flashback. And then and then they didn't do that. And I'm like, so wait, so the main character is dead? And then I'm like, oh, and then the other dude. I don't remember a lot of these people's names. The dude with the beard. I'm like, oh, he's going to be the main character. And then like 10 minutes later, he's dead. And I'm like, okay, I like this. The unpredictability. It took is like 30 from minutes before we knew who the main character of this movie was. The second was. act is yeah. when you got who the main character was. Yeah, yeah. And, and about about her, um, the, the main characters, and I'm losing the actress's name uh, at the top of my head right now. Um, Betty. It's um, Gil- Betty Gilpin, Gilpin or something. This as much as this movie is not going to be huge, it's going to make money because all Blumhouse movies does. And it's surprisingly, this movie had a $14 million budget compared to freaking the invisible man that had seven. Uh, but I think a lot of that is payroll. True. But Hillary I, Swank. <laughs> I think that this could do for her what ready or not did for Samara weaving because she 100%. was amazing in this role. Uh, absolutely. And, um, if I'm not mistaken, um, opening night or Friday night, they did it was like shitloads, was like three and a half million, which is horrible. But also, I think a lot has to do with the current situation in the freaking world right now. Um, so I, it's I don't even know if they're gonna make their money back on this film because only because of what's going on right now. Um, I do know though at some point it's going to it's going to probably you know blow up a little. It may be as a, as a classic type of thing or, um, you know, just because of, of the things that we get, they have the, the, they have the aspect of what a cult classic means. They have, it's funny as shit. Like a lot of people, I don't know if you know, this movie was marred with friggin' drama before yeah. this shit came out. Cause there's a lot of political undertones, not even undertones. They put it on the forefront where you have like the liberals and the conservatives, you have the Democrats and the Republicans, but the people who are getting bent out of shape are stupid as shit because they're making fun of both sides. Everyone. They make fun of everyone in this movie. It's satire and they're yeah. not being serious and uh, that's the thing. It's not a it's not a, a a straight up psychological thriller or horror. It's comedy and I would classify it as an action comedy. Mm-hmm. So it's more like an action comedy and it's funny as shit. The deliveries is good. I don't really outside of Hillary Swank and Emma Roberts who was in the movie for like 5 minutes. I don't really know much of the people in this but I I enjoyed it. And the, the concept is the concept is amazing. The con- yeah, the concept is perfect. Like it could it could I could easily see this being like this turning into like a purge style series. Yeah, absolutely. Easily. And it doesn't it shouldn't it like yeah, it took fourteen million, but I could see them shooting it for extremely less than that if they decided to do a sequel. Um but on top of that, like you said, it was funny. So the scene in the um with the train with the immigrants and when he's yeah, like yeah, yeah. he's like looks like he doesn't believe you Gary and it goes back to speaking <laughs> in what like that shit was hilarious. like that that's what you want to see like they my thing is yes if this movie only targeted like only targeted immigrants or only targeted democrats or only targeted sure. republicans i can see people being offended but when you when you equally go after everyone, everyone. that's comedy that's what has, has built some of the greatest comedians of all time their ability to go after everyone equally so i don't understand why they had such backlash and people getting offended over it, like the, the the gun rights and gun violence, like, yeah, those things are all touchy things, but guess what? The entertainment industry that we live in, everything is eventually going to be turned into satire. To not expect it, you're just not being realistic in the world that we live in, so, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, you had the, the mass shooting snowflakes came out, and like, oh, I'm trolling, I'm like, every movie nowadays has shit like this. I mean, I understand the violence was 
was over the top and some of the deaths i mean the the this movie is something that like quentin tarantino is just smiling at because oh, yeah. the deaths are very close to his type of death just blood spot splattering all over the place but what was cool was the first act of this film didn't really have that much comedy it was more like a serious movie and that's where i thought they were going until really like the second act later on like then i'm like i'm seeing more and more comedy and i'm like wait this is not i'm you know i'm telling my wife like I don't think this is like supposed to be a serious movie. I think this is more of a comedy. And then you got like a lot more because before it was a little bit uh, like there was sarcasm in it. But then like the full comedy came and I'm like, okay. And then when I looked at it as a full comedy, I totally looked at it in a different point of view. Not that I didn't like it before, but I liked it even more now that it was like a full on comedy. Yeah. And I think this is one of the things that Blumhouse is starting to find after Happy Death Day is that they can. It's kind of like with also with superhero movies, like each superhero movie can kind of be its own subgenre with horror or thriller or whatever you want to do. You can make it like a, its own subgenre within a genre. So, yeah, you can have something that's a psychological thriller or you can have something that's slightly tinged revenge horror, but have very heavy co- comedic ed- elements in it that it's not at that point. It's kind of its own thing. And for people to say like this was a horror movie, I don't know how it was it was actually categorized. It's not like this is this is really its own. I would categorize this, like you said, more of a comedy than anything else. Yeah, I would say I would definitely um, categorize it as an action comedy. I'm actually curious to see if I had to guess, though, just because I know how they are. I, I would probably. Oh, let me see. Genres, maybe black comedy. Yeah, it's ca- it's, you said black comedy. That's what it has on uh, on Wikipedia, at least. How the fuck is this black comedy? Black, like dark comedy, not black African. Like, oh, African-American, I think that black, black like. You know, Mike Epps. There are no African American. Are there any African? I don't think there are any African Americans in this movie. No, not that. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, what the hell? But yeah, it's like, yeah, it's listen like I'm seeing horror thriller action. But yeah, um, I don't, I don't really see too much horror elements out of this. But whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, I just enjoy the movie, and I don't think I've ever seen a death in a movie so funny as Hilary Swank's, where at the end she's like, uh, you know, are you for just? for all and and uh gilpin is like no ma'am and she goes whoops and then she just dies and i was like what i was just laughing my ass i was funny yeah yeah and the fact and, like and, uh, when hillary swank popped up it's like oh random. like what like, what the hell like of all people but you know and the thing is like i i i i I can understand why pe- why this movie won't do huge in the box office, but to me, this has cult classic, like you said, written all over it. Three, sure. four years down the road, once this is on like uh, a streaming service and more easily accessible, and people aren't like, I'm not going to spend my money on that, and also give it gives it time for like the backlash to die down on it. I can completely see this being a horror class. I mean, uh, a cult classic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it just sucks that this whole shit with the coronavirus is going on because I feel like if it was not going on, the the film would end up doing better than it is. And the fact that this is happening now, I don't know if we're going to get a sequel um, only because this is going on. But I can see so many different ideas. They could switch it because this is more the Democrats were killing the Republicans. Mm-hmm. They can flip it and have the Republicans kill the Democrats. Then they can flip that and have the freaking independents kill everybody. <laughs> There's so many different ways they can go and so many different things they can go about it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, I just wish it was coming out at a different time. And honestly, this has one of the best opening 20 minutes of any film that I've seen so far this year because, like, going from... Yeah, it opens up with, like, the text messages and you're kind of like, what the fuck's going on? Um, but then once they get on that airplane... Like it, it just kicks into high gear then. And then when they start waking up 
and uh, the the like the girl falls on the spikes, and then the guy picks her up, and oh, he yeah. steps on something. Like that whole sequence of that going on, and then like we we switch POV characters like four times in those twenty minutes. Because first is Emma Roberts, then it's the guy who was helping Emma Roberts, uh, who used to play Green Arrow on Smallville, and then right. he, and then he helps the girl out the pit, and then it's the guy with the beard that takes over after they both get blown up, and then they die, and it's just like what the. It was like Who's Looney Tunes. It was like Looney Tunes yeah. with adult, and I loved it. I loved that part of it. Well, where I realized that this is a comedy is the girl that fell in the pit when she got saved, and then like this whole thing, and then the guy was carrying her, I believe, and he stepped on the mine, and then he just looks at the camera like, "Really?" Yeah. And then you see her in the pit again, yeah. and now half her body's gone, and she's like, "Just kill me." And that's when I turn off. Like this is definitely this is a comedy. Yeah, this is yeah. comedy involved as well, yeah. and um, it was all great. It was all great. Yeah, it was it was all great. What do you think about um? We kind of talked about it, uh, Gilpin as well, and I said like this can really be um a star Breakout. making role for her. now because of the the way that the movie's being seen or not being seen. I guess here this may not do it for her, but I hope that this gets her on somebody's radar. Um, and gets her in a big film. I would be shocked if we don't see her in shit. Let me tell you why. You saw her range in this film. Mm. You saw her in a little bit of horror. Yeah. You saw her comedy. Her delivery is great. You even saw her in some drama. And that action sequence with her and Hilary Swank, I enjoyed that shit. Yeah. I'm not saying it was like Marvel-esque or anything. But it was a good action scene. Just about any other action scene you've seen in any movie. They had a good fight. And again, they had that comedy element into it, so I'm def- I'm pretty sure she's gonna get some some work out of this. And I and I, it's funny you mentioned it, Marvel, and that's exactly what I like. I don't have a, like a role picture for it right now, but I hope this got her on Marvel's uh, radar because are some because when you look at what Marvel does, they're very comedic, but they also have action, um, and they're family oriented. Like I, I would love to see her in like a, a what a, role. I, Honestly, anything that I can think of has already been cast. Like I can see her playing Cersei in uh in the Eternals, which has already been cast. So if I'm if I'm thinking and taking it off anything that's that's not been done before, um, honestly, you said um you said a new Fantastic Four. Co- oh well, that's not I was Marvel, just about though. to say that if if that doesn't go to John Krasinski and um his what's his wife's name? Why am I losing the blank for his wife's name? Mrs. Emily, Krasinski. Emily. <laughs> but I can see I can see her playing. Uh, and you know they may not do it because that's a that's a huge role for her to go right into um and you know marvel is, is good about casting like people who are little known and like side character like i would like love to see her being a supporting character in god like whatever movie they do next like seriously like if for example black widow's coming out and the person that they cast is her sister great actress but i could easily have seen this going to her yeah so. yeah i i know what this is not gonna be the last we saw of her i mean the performance was great yeah, oh yeah, yeah, and like you said, the range is is out of this world at this point. So, um, yeah. And as a matter of fact, do I want to say this? Say it. I can even see, honestly, bro. I'm not. Tr- I'm not trying to be crazy or funny or anything. I can see her getting a, a, a nomination out of this. I'm not saying necessarily an Oscar nomination, but something, whether it's the SAGs or Golden Globes, as for the the comedy section, because so far this year we haven't had a lot of great comedies. I know we're only in the fr- first quarter of the year, but. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if this is going to be categorized. Well, I would say it's more comedy than drama. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because that's sure. basically the two categories, usually comedy or drama. So I can see her getting I can see her getting a nomination. I won't guarantee it, but I can. Her performance is really strong for a newcomer. I'm not sure if she's been in anything else that I'm aware of. 
Stop it. What? I just figured out she what was? movie I, what what I can cast her in. Tell me. She Hawk. They're looking to she cast Hulk? She Hawk. They're looking to cast She Hawk. I can see her doing that. <sighs> if they do it the same way they've done it with um Mark Ruffalo, like they just like they put the CGI thing and in, in overlaying with like I'm That's not what saying, I'm thinking about right now. Yeah. How the CGI is gonna work with her and stuff yeah. like that. I can completely see her killing that role. She's definitely a freaking badass. Yeah. I mean, she was a badass in this film, so she can pull that off easily. Yeah. So there you go. That's that's just I did I, I was my brain was turning on like who I can see her and what they're actually working on. And immediately we know the fact they're they're working on a She Hulk uh, Disney Plus series. I can see her doing that easily. What do you think the rewatchability of this film is? I think it's high because I think it's so entertaining from the sense of like the kills, um, the different like tones that the movie goes in and out of. I I can I can see. I would rewatch this now. Like I wouldn't go back to the theater to pay to see it, but right. on on demand service, I could, I would have I would probably watch it twi- one or two more times at this point. Yeah, and I could they can actually build something on this. I mean, and this could turn into a freaking video game. Um, they could even that turn this into fun. a series. That like I mean, Purge is a series. They can turn this into a series. The only thing is, I, I'm curious to see what people say. Like. Because it, it does have some of the same elements as Purge. I know it's a totally different concept, but it's kind of the same, the, the, you know, hunted yeah. versus, you know, yeah. the hunted versus the hunt, you know, hunter or whatever. But, um, yeah, I see they could do a lot with this. I don't know if Jason Blood necessarily gives a fuck about all that. He's just, like, turning out his shit, making his money, moving on to the next one. But they could if they wanted to. They could make this out of a franchise where, again, like I said, they can they can do, you know, uh, games, video games and then stuff like that. So Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, I guess we need to get into our, our ratings on this one. So here's the thing. And I don't know if this has ever happened while we've, we've recorded, um, that I can remember, but originally I gave this film three stars out of five, mm. but as we've been talking about it and me thinking about it more and more, I'm actually going to change that. And I'm going to bump it up to another half a star. I'm going to go ahead and give this three and a half out of five, just us reviewing it and me thinking about everything. And I was talking about it. I have to give it a three and a half out of five, which is I don't think this has ever happened where I've <laughs> the review is the review has made a believer out of me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think I'm right there with you. I think I'm going to give it the same a three and a half out of five because uh, it has almost everything you want from a, a a a comedy slash thriller like this. Like, I don't this this it's better like than most of the scary movie sequels for example if 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 we're going to put it in the, in that type of light or like some of the parody movies that we get it's it's better than a lot of those so yeah yep. solid three and a half out of five for me absolutely agree with you on that one yeah yeah for sure well that's it man back in the saddle one episode down uh i know we've kind of gotten thrown off here i don't know what our release schedule is going to look like um with movies getting canceled and stuff so there may be a time where we where we lean on the listeners more for suggestions i do know that we did get um an uh no i think we got a message or a tweet asking us if we were going to do guns of akimbo uh, sorry, okay. Daniel Radcliffe. And I heard good things about that. Yeah, I've heard good things about it as well. I was about to start watching it before we started recording, so um, that may end up on our list, especially with a lot of major releases getting knocked off. So we'll just be tuned in, and we'll announce that as we go. Because uh, I I know we had a schedule all lined up. I don't know how that's been affected with the, with movies or not. I, I think it'll affect us more in a month or so than it will right now. Because I think most of the immediate movies right now are still coming out. But just be on the lookout for that. Yeah, no matter what, we're gonna have content. Uh, whether it's new content coming out or stuff uh, maybe that we've missed uh, from 
2019 or even throwbacks. Uh, you know, like Zohi said, we'll you know we'll probably lean to you guys out there to see what you guys want. And uh, yeah, no matter what though, the content will be there. Yeah, yeah. We don't have a problem coming up with content. That's one thing about me and JB, and the reason why it's good to do this podcast with somebody I look at as my brother is because we can sit down and just talk about anything. Absolutely. <laughs> so go ahead, JB. Give them your social media, and we can get the hell up out of here. So I can be reached on Twitter at the P1JB. That's at T H E P one JB. I can also be found on Facebook. CEO Hayes will go ahead and talk about our Facebook group in a, sh- a short moment. And uh, yeah, go ahead and tweet us out. Also, um, something new. Uh, I told. CEO Hayes about it, but uh, if you've ever heard of uh, an app called Letterbox, that's L-E-T-T-E-R-B-O-X-D, go ahead and check it out. It's a place where you can keep track of all your movies that you watch. You can um, rate them. You can leave reviews. Um, I'm on there at the P1JB. For anyone who has it, go ahead and check it out. I have written reviews for I think so far in 2020, just 2020 releases, I've watched about thir- close to 30 movies already. I've done reviews on all them. So go ahead and sh- give that platform a check out. Yeah, absolutely. You guys can follow me at CEO Hayes. It's at CEO H-A-I-Z-E. More importantly, you can follow us collectively at the Film Bros Pod. Yeah, at the Film Bros Pod, or you can search our discussion group at the Film Frequency on Facebook. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, the Film Frequency Pod at gmail.com. And lastly, if you want to leave our, uh, a voicemail, a voice message, you can do a mini review. You can tell us how good or bad we're doing. You can do anything. If you just want to fucking crack jokes on us, you can do that at 614-547-2039. We are the best movie podcast around. Go ahead. Spread the message. The film bros are back, baby. (laughs) And we're out this bitch. Peace. Guess who just got back today? The wild eyed boys that had been away. Haven't changed, had much to say. But man, I still think them cats are crazy. They were asking if you were around. How you was, where you could be found. Told them you were living downtown. Driving all the old men crazy 